Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Welcome to Long X Ranch. Um, appreciate everybody coming out on a beautiful morning. We got a little bit of a breeze, so the Bible thing might be a little touchy, but I uh, um, want to thank everybody for coming. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ty Weber. I, I just help out here at the ministry. Uh, we have a, Save the Cowboy actually has a working ranch called the Long X Ranch, and you're sitting right in the middle of it. Uh, the ministry owns this this 80 acres on this side of the road, and then we lease another 720 on that side of the road, and we have some other leases around. And, and the sole purpose for this, well, there, it's, it's, a, it's a couple of different purposes. Um, we raise our own cattle, all the cattle that, that, that are on here have been donated um, or the money's been donated and we purchased them and uh, we use those cattle to to teach uh, we're trying to keep the cowboy traditions alive um, according to the way God would want it to be done and we also uh, slaughter several beef every year and we give away that meat to needy families uh, just last week we helped a couple of families if you look over here um, there's a by the loader there. There's a there's a dirt slab that's been that's been uh, leveled out there. That's where our shop is going to go, and, and we're going to have the walk-in freezer there uh, that's been donated, and that's where we'll house our beef that we're going to give away. So things are happening out here. God's working through this place to uh, to uh, further His kingdom, and that and that's what we are. We're just vessels to do that with. Real quick, the cowboy crew is going to meet Tuesday night this week again. Uh, we switched from Wednesday night to Tuesday night, uh, and that that'll continue on through September. Uh, we have a the cowboy crew is just a group of regular men and women that get together and and we work on our cowboy skills and uh, horsemanship, cattle work, roping. Uh, sometimes we just sit around and we we talk about how rough our week has been and we lift each other up. Uh, but the goal of that crew is to to be able to take our skills and go out in the community in the in the country and serve help help people in need and and to serve and so that that ties right in with uh, my story for the morning which is had a local rancher who doesn't go to this church i don't think he goes to any church uh called us called me uh last monday morning and he said i i, I need i really need some help i said you got it he said i got a couple of bulls that have foot rot and immediately i regretted my offer because his bulls are big Charlet bulls. Uh, and then he said, I got a couple of cows that have foot rot pretty bad too. And, and he said that, you know, I, I just need some help. And so uh, we set it up and, and uh, got some of the cowboy crew together. And, and Friday morning, we showed up at his pasture. And I'll back up just a second. I immediately called, when I got the call, I immediately called Kevin. And I said, hey, hey man, I got an opportunity for some sermon material here. Uh, guaranteed sermon material. <laughs> Because our sermons are usually about all the wrecks we get in during the week. And I said, this is, there's a surefire 100% chance of a wreck with this deal. And so so he's all on board because he's running low on sermon material. And, and uh, so so he jumped right on it, didn't even hesitate. He did ask who was going. So I, I, I don't know if that helped or hurt the situation. But uh, four of us showed up there on Friday morning. We unloaded and, and uh, the... 
there's a pond right there by the gate and most of the cattle were standing there so I actually had to trot circles around the trailer to warm up my horse before I roped something big and uh, bought it a cow right off the bat that was that was pretty lame and uh, went in there and one of the guys necked her on the first loop and the other guy healed her on the first loop and I front footed her on the first loop laid her down and she actually had a pretty bad wire cut and we kind of doctored her up let her up just about the time we let her up we see this bull limping along coming toward us we trotted maybe 100 yards and roped him and hind footed him and front footed him laid him down just as gentle as you could please and doctored him about that time we look over there and there's another cow limping and we trotted over there and doctored her and uh pretty soon we see a calf that kind of had a little issue and doctored it and an hour later I mean, an hour after we got there we're done and we hadn't ridden probably 200 yards total and i was disappointed like so anticlimactic right built this all up and uh i we got done and and uh apologized to kevin i said man i, I really thought this would be something we could use uh for a sermon and it wasn't and he said you there's always a sermon in everything and he was right <clears throat> because when we got done the rancher he said he said man i owe you guys big time and and i said no you don't I said, you don't owe us anything and it was kind of hard for him to to believe that and that that's what my what god's what god's message is today is is about our motives what are, what are our motives when we when we serve um our motive for the cowboy crew, at least I hope our motive, is would never be to, to for monetary gain or for personal glory or for uh, our ego, like, look at me, look what I can do. The goal, the motive behind all of that, behind the whole uh, program is to, is to glorify God through serving. And so... Instead of it being, well, look, look what I can do. Look, I can, I can doctor four head of cattle in, in an hour without a hiccup. It's like, look what God can do through me. That, that's, what, that's what should motivate us. And in Proverbs, <coughs> Proverbs 16, verse 2, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. I, I, can't, I can't look at someone and, and be able to tell their motive, but God can. And he can... He can read my heart, and he can, he can, uh, he knows exactly what my motives are for going and doing that. And af after doing my Bible study this week, I had to do some self-examination and and really ask myself, why why am I standing up here doing this? Um, this one isn't that hard because I don't want to be up here doing this. To be honest with you, never have wanted to do it. Still don't want to do it. Okay, doing it. The only motive that I have is is to serve. Um, but, but the ego gets in the way sometimes when I go, uh, do things that I like to do and I'm good at, sometimes you, you do say, well, what did you see that head loop I threw? Uh, I actually belly roped a bull, so I can't really brag, uh, a lot. Uh, that doesn't work out really well most of the time, but, uh, in, uh, in Matthew, and I'm, I'm going to try to read all this without the wind blowing it away. Matthew 6, watch out, don't. This is Jesus talking. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. 
But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. In Jesus' time, the, the Pharisees would stand on the streets, and they would preach loudly to the crowd because they wanted to be seen as holy men. Um, they, they wanted to do it publicly so everybody could, could look at them and, and see how holy and great they were. Uh, when, they, when they prayed, they, they did it loudly so that everybody could hear them praying. When they gave their tithes, they did it so everybody could see how much gold they were dropping in there. When they fasted, they made sure everybody knew how hungry they were because, because they wanted people to, to basically, basically idolize them for how holy they were, and they missed the entire point. Jesus says we shouldn't do that. We should, we should, our motives should be purely from the heart, uh, that we should do our good deeds quietly, privately, give, give to our community quietly. Uh, and in that way, we're not drawing attention to ourselves. We're drawing attention to our, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, everything we got is through him anyway, so, so all the good that we can do is, is, is through him. It's not through us. Um, and our egos get in the way of that a lot of times. We, I guess I should say mine does. I'm not going to include you in that. But, <clears throat> but we really have to examine our motives when, when we go to serve, when we, when we go to help somebody. Are we doing it because we expect to be paid? Are we doing it because, watch out, we got <laughs> we got him on the electrical cord there. Uh, are we doing it because, because we expect a favor to be done in return? That, that's it a lot of times. We, we keep this little balance in our mind, right, this little, this little check thing. That, well, I helped him, so I expect him to help me in return. That, that's not biblical. That's not the way we're supposed to do it. We should be serving out of a pure heart with with no expectation. Our motive should be purely to serve through, through Christ so that he gets all the glory and, and we get none of it. Um, everybody loves to hear an attaboy or you did a great job or whatever, but that, that shouldn't be our motive. That should be a, re, a reward for doing good uh, and serving. When we, when we give our tithes, um, when, when, we, when we help somebody in need, it doesn't have to be something that we announce to the whole world it should just be private between us and god because he sees everything we do um and so it kind of bothered me when when that rancher said he owed us because that's that's that that never crossed my mind that that we would be out there helping him for that reason uh, and jay said it he said man we just do this for community we do this to, to help our neighbor and that's that's the only reason we're here um now we did have a lot of fun and everybody got a chance to rope, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We got to, we got to, razz each other a little bit, and everybody got to do some groundwork and and uh, get a little blood on them, get some flies on them, you know. But uh, the, I, the, when we got done, uh, that that rancher who doesn't go to church here, doesn't go to church at all, he said, "I want to hang out with you guys more." Um, that to me is the motive. Okay, we we. We went there and, and helped the guy, and, and he just wants to hang out with us more. How else are we going to lead him to Jesus Christ? That's the only way, right? Is if he wants to, if he wants to hang out with us some more, because then we can then we can say, hey, you know, look what God's doing through us. Uh, so that to me tells me we're on the right track. Okay, if if he didn't, if if we'd have gone there and made a shambles of that deal and made it worse, <laughs> he wouldn't want to hang out with us anymore. Uh, so so God was working through us by by that being quiet and calm and, and 
so it took us an hour. Um, like, well, the only lesson we learned today is that cowboying is boring. Uh, and and right right about the time we finished up, I got a text, and so uh, modern cowboying is you got a you got a the back feet of a cow dallied in your right hand, and you got your thumb working in the left hand, right? Kind of keeping an eye on what there, but but I'm texting while I'm holding the cow down, and uh, we had a, a load of hay coming for the for the ministry here for the for the church ranch, and, and the trucker said I'll be there in 30 minutes, and so I said, well, good timing. God was with us. He got us got this job done in an hour. We're gonna head back. So we headed back here, and we got here, and, and the the trucker was was uh, unstrapping the hay, and in my text I had said we might be a little late because we're we're finishing up doctoring some bulls, and the very first thing he said when he got out, when when I shook his hand, and he's another local rancher that doesn't go to church here, and I don't know if he goes to church at all. He said, "Who was Doctor and Bowles?" And I said, "Oh, just just a group from our cowboy crew here at church." He said, "What would you charge me to come help?" And I was disappointed again. I'm like, "No, nothing. We won't charge you anything." And and it's just really hard for people to to be able to grasp that 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 here's a group that would be willing to come and do dangerous work. Something that's not, I mean, we love to rope. Don't get me wrong. We love to rope. But but it it's not easy work. It's not pretty. It's not clean. It's, it's you know, you're down there digging gunk out from be, between a cow's toes to, you know, to, to see if she's got an infection. And you're, you know, you're bloody and there's flies. And it's, you know, and he, and he said, well, I work by myself a lot or, or I'm gone on the road in my truck. And a lot of times I need help with my cattle and, and, uh, I said, you can just call us anytime. It won't cost you anything. So I just hope that this week we can really examine our motives when, when we help, when we serve, and uh, and make sure that they're pure and make sure that the reason we're doing things is, is the right reason. And the only, thing, the only reason is to, to glorify God and to love our neighbor. I'm going to go to God in prayer. God, thank you so much for today and the opportunity to gather under the blue sky on your ranch. Just ask that you be with us this week as as we examine our motives, and we know that you know uh, the reasons we're doing what we're doing. And everybody that's involved in this ministry and online who's who's serving others, thank you. Just make sure we're doing it for the right reason that we're that we're doing it for God's glory, not our own. Uh, as always, I want to pray for Kevin and his family and all that they do. Pray for this this ranch and this ministry that we could continue to to forge ahead, even though there's a lot of opposition takes everybody here to to stay strong and move forward and all your prayers and, and all your actions and and all the love all uh all furthers god's kingdom in jesus name we pray amen good morning everybody it's good to see man we got might be the biggest turnout we've ever had uh out here at the ranch and hopefully it's one of the biggest turnouts we ever had online uh, welcome to uh, Save the Cowboy. My name is Kevin Weatherby. We started this ministry about seven years ago. And when I started out, uh, came to Colorado, I asked God for three things. And I said, God, I need a place to put my family. I need a place to run some cows. And a lot of people didn't understand that. But, you know, I, I wanted uh, this cowboy ministry to be authentic that we didn't just dress up in cowboy hats and, and, and come in on Sunday morning and cowboy this and cowboy that. We wanted to live an authentic cowboy lifestyle, of, like Ty talked about, serving, uh, being neighborly, loving others. And uh, God granted us that. 
a place to put my family, a place to run some cows. Uh, we feed the hungry with the with the cattle that we we raise. We gave away over 1,500 pounds of meat last year, and we hope uh, this year to double that. Uh, it will help when we get the new shop built over here that has a walk-in cooler because the only thing that was keeping us from it was uh, freezer space. So uh, anyway, we're excited about that. But then I asked God for a third thing also. I said, God, I need a, I need a place to, to have services on Sunday. <laughs> and he provided that, and you're here today. It's not like I had it planned, I, I assure you, but it's even better. It's even better. We always look forward to these times. So uh, anyway, save the Cowboys a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a guy one time make a comment. He said, well, maybe you and Ty should start trying to preach the word of God and just tell, instead of telling everybody how good a Cowboys you are. Man, if that's what you hear, you're only listening to the first part because we always just use the Cowboy lifestyle to point the way towards God. Uh, this isn't about me or Ty or anybody else. It's only about learning how to follow follow Jesus. So anyway, if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're in the second part of a, of a three-part series called God's Horsemanship Program. Last week, we talked about how the first step of God's Horsemanship Program was to draw us near. And I talked about kind of that Ray Hunt, Tom Dorrance method of instead of just going and saddling a colt and cinching it up tight, blindfolding it and climbing on and, and riding it till it quits, bucking and, you know, pulling him around, that, that maybe there's a better way where you can uh, draw a horse to you and build up hope and build up confidence. And we talked about how God does that with us by putting all of our focus on him, of of learning how to not turn our butts and longing for the worldly pastures. I mean, you, you start working with a, a colt and a round pen, Man, a lot of times they're looking out, looking at everything else except what they should be paying attention to, and we do the same thing as Christians. And uh, this week I'll show you how to find your purpose. Where the world offers you a stall, God offers you a world of adventure. So a couple of weeks ago I, I helped a local rancher, another one. Uh, we went and pulled bulls. Now, we, uh, he puts bulls out at a certain time of the year so that all the calves will be born in a certain time of the year next year and so that they'll all be kind of a uniform size. And it's not the only way to do it, but that's the way most people around here do it. But you have to put the bulls out at a certain time. Well, you, you got to go get the bulls at a, at a certain time. And so I rode out there, and there was a, uh, I was in one pasture, and the rancher with his dogs was in another pasture. And I started going towards the windmill where all the cows were. And, and Fiona, she wanted to go straight towards those cows. And I wanted to go kind of around them because I didn't want to push them away from the windmill. I wanted them to stay there so I could look through them and see if the bull was in there. And so finally, I kind of got her pulled off her, her train of thought and onto mine. And we looked through there. There was no bull. And there was another handful of cows about a quarter mile away. So, you know, I trotted over there. And sure enough, there's no bull. And I could see nearly the whole pasture, but there was like a wash that run uh, through the pasture, and so I started riding along the edge of that thing, and man, I wasn't seeing him, I wasn't seeing him, and, but I, on the other side of, I was on the hill, or, or on the edge over here, and there was a little finger that kind of went off, and it kind of curved around where I couldn't see, and I've been cowboying long enough to know that, <laughs> to check all the corners, not just the obvious ones, so I found a place to cross that thing, and I went up the other side, and I got over there, and there's that bull laying in just a real nice, 
you know, a Tempur-Pedic mattress of, of green grass, and he's just laying there chewing his cud, just chilling out. He had Netflix on, and, you know, he's just binging, you know, like, like we all do. And so, anyway, I got down there, and, and, and I tried to get him up, and he just kind of looked at me like, yeah, whatever. And so I pulled out my, my, my cowboy tool, and I kind of whooped him on the butt a little bit, and he's like, all right, fine. So he gets up, you know, he stretches one hind leg and stretches the other and tried to go to the cows. That's what bulls do. And I was like, no, uh, sorry, buddy, uh, we're going to go this way. And he's like, uh, sorry, skinny cowboy, <laughs> I'm going to go that way. And so me and Fiona had kind of a, uh, a wild time trying to get him going the direction that, that we wanted him to go. Uh, he would climb up up on the opposite side of the wash, and whenever I'd go up to get behind him, he'd go down again. So I ended up kind of staying down in the wash, and then he'd try to go back this way. And, and we did that for like, you know, half a mile or something. And finally, I kind of got him uh, going in the direction that that I wanted him to do. But, you know, Fiona was doing everything that I asked her to do, okay? If I needed her to go faster, she went faster. If I needed her to stop, she would stop. If I needed her to go left, she turned left. If I needed her to go right, she would go right. But I didn't want her to just listen to me. She was doing a great job of listening to me, but she wasn't paying attention to what we were doing at all. I wanted to point out the objective. I wanted her to track that bull and stay and know that we were trying to head him that way, and a good cow horse will do that. She's a good cow horse, but that day she was just going through the motions, as most of us have been guilty of doing. You know, uh, he would start trotting kind of fast, and so I'd gig her, and, and we'd get up there to keep him from turning, and then he would slow down, and she'd just keep going. She's like, oh, we must be going to the house now. So what are you doing? Well, then he would go in behind us, so I'd have to turn around, and then we'd lope over there and get him turned back. She just kept making the job harder because she, she was doing everything I asked her to do, but she wasn't paying attention, and I didn't want a micromanager. When that happened, when she wasn't paying attention, we had to start all over every single time, and it made it hard on her, made it harder on me, made it harder on the bull. Does it ever feel like you're listening to God, but you have to keep doing the same things over and over and over and over? God's got a purpose for us. And a lot of times, man, we go through the motions. We're, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to do, and, and we're listening to God. But we just because you're listening to God doesn't mean you're paying attention to the objective that he wants to put you on and accomplish what he wants to do. In cowboy lingo, we, talk, we call that tracking something. It's when you can put a horse on, the, uh, on a particular animal, and that horse is going to follow that animal and know your objective, and you don't have to sit there and micromanage. And it takes a long time to get a horse to do that. And then, one, you know, I, I would say it's not the ultimate, it's not the only way of a finished cow horse, but you know that you train one right whenever you, when it'll sit there and track the speed and direction of where that cow is going. So how do we track our purpose? Are, are we just going through the motions, or are we truly accomplishing what God wants us to do? Because there, there's, that can be two separate things. And I think a lot of Christians, I, I'm not criticizing because I'm the guiltiest one here of just sometimes going through the motions instead of saying, okay, God, I'm going to listen to you, but I'm also going to track this thing up and I'm going to not try to figure it out, but I'm going to see the objective that we're trying to accomplish. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, Paul says, so we keep praying for you 
asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. Man, he's talking about our, our purpose. And, and no, nobody just wants to be used. God wants to give you meaning, not just use you. Our purpose is to live a life worthy of God's call. But man, there, there's so many things that we do where we're going through the motions and we think we're doing the right thing, but we're not accomplishing anything. Our purpose is to live a life worthy of God's call of what he's asking us to do. It's by his power that we're going to accomplish it. And that's, a, that's another thing that, that we as Christians do, man. Even if we see what God might be trying to use, do with us, man, we start trying to rely on our own power, and then we get tired and we get burned out and we get aggravated. We start doing things, the same thing, over and over and over again, wondering what, what in the world is going on. See, God wants you to wants to use you for a purpose, okay? And I, I don't mean use you in a bad way. I'm talking about he wants to give your life meaning. And it's available to each and every one of you. And I know some of you are sitting there thinking, well, this is what I want to do. Some of you are thinking, I don't want to do anything. And others are like, I wish somebody just tell me what I'm supposed to do. God wants to use you for a purpose. He wants to give your life meaning. But we have to be careful not to make five key mistakes that will keep us from accomplishing all the good things that your faith prompts you to do, or in cowboy language, tracking our purpose. The first mistake that we usually try to make is, is we try to figure everything out. You know, we start trotting up, and there's a large herd of cattle out there, and we start trying to second-guess what God wants us to do. Well, we don't really know what God wants us to do. As we get closer, we've got to keep going like he's going, but also listen to his guidance as we get there. A lot of times I think that, that we just start heading towards the cattle, and then we just quit listening to God, and we try to figure everything out on our own. We're like young colts that just want to run in and move everything because that's easy, man. Let's just go in there and get everything moving and think that we accomplished something. Well, you accomplished something, but that doesn't mean that it's what God wants you to do. Most of the time we work hard but accomplish nothing. I mean, we get out there and we sweat and we, we, we do all of this stuff, but it doesn't ever feel like there's a sense of accomplishment no matter how hard we work, no matter how far we, we, we trotted, no matter what we did. It feels like we didn't accomplish anything. Well, we can't figure everything out. We've got to stay focused on God. And as we get closer and closer and closer to what he wants us to do, it'll be coming clearer, clearer, and clearer. Instead, we usually just take the bit in our teeth and go do whatever we want to do. We have to listen to his guidance and then do what he's prompted us to do. The second mistake we usually make is we do the right thing the wrong way. You know, there, there was a, a right over here on the other side of the road one time we we got out there, and we, we had them all kind of hemmed up in the corner, and we was going to doctor a bad eye on a, on, a, on a yearling. And I went in there, and I mean, I swinging my rope, swinging my rope, and I had my eye on it, and it was, you know, there's like 40 black ones, and this was a black one too. And so I was really keeping track of her and everything. And anyway, my, my loop started to figure eight, and I had to shake it out a little bit, start swinging again. And anyway, I reached out there, and boy, I put it on her. And old Ty, he gave a yip, and man, when you hear another cowboy yip, you know you've done something good. He's like, whoo! And I was like, yeah, I got up there, got real short, pulled it out there. Ty comes in, and he picks up two feet and dallies, and I get off to do the groundwork, and I get down there, and it's the wrong cow. And I said, why didn't you say anything? He said, well, yeah, I knew it was the wrong one, but we got to get your rope off, so it was still a good shot. <laughs> 
But we do that a lot, you know. We 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 do. You can do the right thing without accomplishing anything. You can do the. You can rope the right one, or you can throw a good loop, but it may not be the right one. We got to make sure that we do the right thing the right way. I was patting myself on the back until I got down there and there's the wrong heifer. So how do we do the right thing the wrong way? What what am I talking about there? There, there there's a number of things. The third mistake that Christians generally make is using the Bible out of context, okay? Man, that's really easy to do because uh, the Bible is full of God's promises. But a lot of times, man, as Christians, man, we want the Bible to say what we want it to say, and we start using things out of context. We start using God's Word to accomplish our own agendas instead of God's purposes. My... My favorite illustration of this isn't necessarily a criticism. It's just something that I cringe at sometimes because anytime somebody wants something to do, especially early in their walk with God, that they wanted they want to do something and they always go to Philippians 4:13. Well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? Does that mean that you can do anything you want to do because God's going to give you the strength to to do whatever you want to do? That's really not what that verse says. If you go read Philippians 4, in context, Paul says, man, I've learned learned to live when I have everything, and I've learned how to live when I have nothing. I have learned to be content in every situation— for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, that's not just a blanket promise that whatever you want to do, God is going to say, okay, man, you call the play and I'll make sure you get it done. Whatever you want to do. That, that's not tracking our purpose, man. That's not going to bring us meaning. And a lot of people's like, man, I've been praying, but nothing's working out. It's because you're doing what you want to do instead of listening to God and letting him guide you. The first mistake we make is doing the right is uh, trying to figure everything out. Man, you don't know what God's got planned. He may be taking you in a direction. That's fine. But that doesn't mean that you know exactly what he's trying to accomplish. The second mistake we make is sometimes we do the right thing, but the wrong way. Number three, we use the Bible out of context. Number four is we use God's gift for ourselves instead of others. It's a trap we we all fall into. We come up with good ideas instead of God ideas. Man, ask Ty. I am, the, I am the most guilty person in the world in my exuberance to, to do things for God. I can come up with a million good ideas. Oh, we can do this, and we can do that, and we can do this, and we can do that. But just because it might be a really good idea doesn't mean that it's a God idea. There's nothing wrong with having a good idea. But we've got to take that good idea and really pray about it and see what doors God is opening for this to happen. Because just because it's a good idea doesn't mean that God's going to be behind it. Now, I don't think he's going to punish us or anything, but, you know, it's just like, well, you know, go over there and do it. I'm going to be waiting here for when you get back because i got something else for you to do. And then we go over there and expend all of this energy and don't get anything accomplished. Number five, I hope that I haven't been guilty of this, but I know I have. I wish I could stand up here and say that, that I've never been guilty of this, but I have. I see a lot of Christians... And I, and I think they're well-meaning that are real big on holding people accountable. But a lot of times they act like those Pharisees that hold people to a higher level of accountability 
than they're willing to hold themselves. You know, um, I, I, I've often talked with my wife sometimes about how if I make a mistake, I'd rather make the mistake loving on somebody than holding them accountable because I got so much to work on me. The longer I go in this Christian journey, I figure out just how little I really, really, really do know. Now, I think that we should be there for each other, okay? I think that we should share each other's burdens, all right? I, I'm not saying that we that we shouldn't be uh, telling people, hey, man, you know, I kind of see you getting off track a little bit. But, man, if God leads you to hold somebody accountable, let me tell you a couple of things that God is also leading you to do. Before you ever hold somebody accountable, if, if you say, well, God's telling me to, to get on this guy and tell him that he's falling off into sin or something like that, you know what else God's calling you to do? If he tells you to go point out the sin, he's telling you to be there for that person also. Not just to go and point out something and walk away. If he's given you the message to go point out something, then he's given you the message that you are supposed to lift that person up, bring him to you. Bring her to you. Be there, not just when it's convenient. I mean, we, we've had people in this little building right over here. We've had three or four different people live on this property that other people would just say, my gosh, why are you letting them live there? We've had an unmarried couple that was a Vietnam vet. or Not a Vietnam vet, a, a, a veteran. He was a Marine. And, you know, him and his girlfriend were there. She was pregnant, and they were sleeping on the floor of, of a body shop on concrete. And she's like eight months pregnant. And we let them live here. And some people are like, well, how could you allow that? Because I love on them. God's not just going to go and say, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing this or that. Man, we took them under, and we guided them, and we loved on them. It's not just about holding people accountable. It's about loving people. And I know I've probably made some mistakes, but I would a lot rather get up to heaven and God say, you know what, cowboy, you know, you might have been a little bit too soft on, on some people, but I know you was trying to love on them. And I love that. You know, even Jesus, man, whenever there was the, the Pharisees, go read your Bible whenever it's red letter stuff and he's talking to Pharisees and their self-righteousness, he was real hard on them. But the other people, man, the sinners that needed grace and mercy, man, he was so loving and he was so forgiving with them. There's nothing wrong with holding others accountable, but only to the level that you hold yourself. Now, the, the trick to this is hold yourself to a high level so that you can get through these hard times so that when somebody else is going through these hard times, you can lift them up also. It's about tracking our purpose. Don't fall in. To those five mistakes, man, God's got a purpose for you. It says it in, in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do, what God tells you to do. You know, I had never really tagged calves in the pasture before at the level of going in there when they're a week old, two weeks old, three weeks old, and just chasing them out through the pasture and roping them. I'm not, I wasn't a roper anyway. I'm definitely not a calf roper, and it's took me a long time, but I was on my big horse one day, and we got out there, and, and we found one, and, you know, when they get a week old, they can run about 4,000 miles an hour, okay? If you've ever tagged calves, you understand that. And so anyway, we get out there, and I find one, and, and I kind of single them out, and I try to get a good, easy shot, and Mama's like, nope. 
And so they take off running, and Mama's running, and the calf is running, and I got my big horse lined up behind him, and I'm swinging, and I'm swinging. And about the time I'd throw, those, that cow's ears were back, and she'd move right in between me and the calf. So I'd scoot my horse over and try to get another shot, and she'd scoot over this way. And, I mean, we, we was running quite a ways out across there, and my arm was getting tired from swinging that big loop. And finally we get up there, and I don't know what signal she gave the calf, but they put the afterburners on, and they kind of went one, two, three. And they went, the calf went one way, and the cow went the other. I went one way, and the horse went another. It's always fun, cowboying for God. Next week, I'll teach you a valuable lesson that I learned on following God. And we'll find out how us choosing our way makes things a lot more hard on us and we'll learn how to find the peace and joy and relaxation jesus said my peace i give you my peace i'll leave with you and then in another verse he said take my yoke upon you for my my uh, yoke is easy and my burden is light let's all figure out a way next week on how to relax and accomplish what god has called us to do let's go to god in prayer father make us into someone that can be used to accomplish your will and your purposes not ours Help us to go through your horsemanship program and, and learn from, from the ways of the cowboy of what it's really like to follow authentic Christianity. We've all spent a lot of time ahead or behind you doing things our way, but let us doubt ourselves and our wants and our wishes and focus wholly on you. Only then will we start becoming who we were meant to be and find purpose in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch Cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our Cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help save the Cowboy gather the lost and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.